0: Advertisers pivot their creative in the time of the virus. This is The Focus Group.
1: It's the savvy side of 9 to 5. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. (laughs) And learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is The Focus Group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep
0: your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. Welcome to the Focus Group. John Nash here in New York with uh, my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett joining us from Delaware. Tim, are we allowed to say that?
2: <laughs> I'm in the nation. I'm in the nation's summer capital.
0: You're in the summer capital. You've been there for several weeks. I've been upstate for several weeks. Uh, FocusGroupRadio.com is the URL for our website. We urge you to visit that site where you can learn about me and Tim, all our shows, including Unbuttoned, our Tuesday audio only podcast available on Tuesdays. And of course the focus group will be there audio and video as well. And you'll learn about our sponsors to the program as well. So, uh, here we are in week, whatever it's getting blurry to me. I, 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 you know, with sheltering in place, I, 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 one good thing I'm watching spring emerge. That's good. You know, and, and uh, hopefully with the moderation in temperatures, maybe that might slow the virus down a bit, but, uh, I think that, um, it's sunk in for most Americans, that this is the new uh, way of doing business for the next several weeks, at least. At least it's sunken for me. And uh, we're going to talk later in the show about um, the obvious change in advertising that you're seeing on television commercials. That everything seems to be in these uncertain times. Or you know, in fact, that's the. I think that is, is. Tim, is that possibly the highest trending in these uncertain times? Is that the new these one?
2: Uncertain times. Or somebody. I saw some people using the new normal.
0: The new normal, which yeah.
2: I don't know if I don't know if that is uh, necessarily the case. Although I do think people will will do things differently. They're wondering how afraid people may be to be in crowds again, once baseball starts up or summer concerts start, that sort of stuff. So
0: who knows? Would you be afraid? Well, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Um, and like, I'm would thinking... You
2: to, what, would you go to Tanglewood? Because you guys go to Tanglewood Oh, sure, I'd go to, to Tanglewood summer.
0: in a heartbeat. Yeah, because you're outside. You're, you're, you are closer to people, but you are... It's an Even when you're under a canopy or something, you still basically are outside. I think this is the bigger question for me, actually, and what I've been reading in, in a lot of the reporting lately, is what does it look like on the other side of the flattened curve? You know, if we succeed in limiting as best we can the number of deaths or infections... How do you reassure people who have been, you know, holed up and doing their thing and, and going out only for essentials that, OK, you can get back? How, what, what is going to be that benchmark that says you're fine to, to resume your normal life? And what is the new normal going to look like, right?
2: Well, there's going to certainly be a lot of pent up demand for a lot of things. Because yeah. a, a gen, a, most people will miss Easter. A big majority of this country celebrates Easter. It's a time for renewal or for families to, uh, to get together in some cases. Uh, Passover um, will be missed. The, um, I think people's birthdays, there's funerals that, uh, that aren't taking place. I have a number of friends who have had people that have died that uh, the funerals have been postponed so i i don't uh i think there's going to be i, I said to uh, richard the other day i said i think there's going to be this pent-up demand all of a sudden once they say that uh, we can go about our business
0: that there's going to be almost too much stuff to do to catch up on right when the all clear sounded yeah i watched um governor cuomo's press conference yesterday and he addressed this in an interesting way and it came down to this while they're working on improving the speed of testing to see if you are in fact suffering from the coronavirus they're also working in parallel on um, plasma tests or blood tests to detect if you've actually been in contact with it. And as of this morning, a fascinating thing I read in the uh, Wall Street Journal um, Iceland, no, I'm sorry, yeah, was it, I, I think it was Iceland. Yeah, Iceland has tested a vast majority of their citizens. And many that never even had symptoms volunteered to get tested. And now the data is coming out and it's showing that oh, in that country, 50% of the people who have come in contact with the virus never had a symptom, never knew they had it. And this goes a long way to explaining why this spread so quickly. Because for, the, for weeks we were told if you had no symptoms, don't worry about it. Could be that you had it, you were a carrier and you're a spreader.
2: <laughs> I, well, is, I, is, I, there, I, is there any place more homogenous than Iceland other than Gilligan's Island? I mean, Iceland <laughs> is, for God's sakes. Yeah, I you know. talk about homogenous. So wait, you, met, you mentioned you mentioned Chris Cuomo, who who came down with the virus. We have our, our boys in the booth with us in New York. We have got uh, Garrett and Steve with us. And uh, what did you tell us something about Mr. Mr. Cuomo? Did you, you, you had asked governor John and I Cuomo, a question yeah. earlier? Or, or no? Wasn't what, was it Chris Cuomo? or Andrew? Was it, it was Qu- Andrew. Andrew.
1: It was the governor. Okay, the governor. Yes. If you want to have a picture here that you can look at from <laughs> his latest press conference. Am oh, I gonna get in, my glasses
2: on? Oh no! Maybe it's a bulletproof vest. Uh that's a good. There's other pictures from earlier
1: times where you see the same sort of thing.
0: What do you think, John? Well, I, I'm. I'm. Um. I'm, I'm just impaired. seeing me, see because me because of our our <laughs> tech setup. So. I'll so see it later. It but... does
2: look like it does look like those dumbbell um, nipple piercings that if, the, the if straight, you're uh...
0: the, the straight bar that goes through. Right. Is exactly.
2: That That's exactly what it looks like through his white shirt. I would be shocked. I, I thought maybe his brother, I would understand Chris doing that because he's a little body, body, body. But uh, I was
0: shocked that it was the governor. Wow. OK, no, no. Why would you be shocked at that? I'm just curious. Well, because, I mean, it, because it, you know, Chris, never, no one ever sees it technically until something like this happens where a picture reveals, oh, wow, maybe he's got a, a piercing or something, right?
2: I mean, that would be an interesting question. What governors do you think would have piercings of, <laughs> of any? A, 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 <laughs> do you think Sarah Palin had one? Oh, but, um, <laughs> you know, what, what sort of governors have piercings versus, I don't know. To me, it's almost like would Donald Trump have that? President Trump, I don't think so. No, Maybe Melania.
0: President, I don't no. know. No, no. Mm-hmm. I bet we'd be surprised. I bet we'd, you know, Mitch McConnell, no. Something, <laughs> something, something tells me no, right? You know, like, you know, in fact, if you went through the two caucuses, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, you know, never know, right? You know, Schumer. A,
2: a, Schumer, yeah. Aaron Schock would have, probably. That uh, representative from
0: Illinois who got himself in trouble, he would have had piercings. Not only did he get himself in trouble, um, he did eventually come out as gay. You know this, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. And He's it was been hanging huge... around with
2: a bunch of bunch of muscle muscle muscle, muscle, muscle men around
0: the world. And it uh, everybody was like, why did it take so long? A, and why did you vote against everything that um, you know affects the community? B, right? So that yeah. that was kind of one of those interesting things.
2: Oh. Yeah. So I'm, I have to go to the grocery store. You know, there there's a there's a little bit of a kind of a pitchfork and torches down here um, about people without estate plates. But I've been here, as you said, for going on three weeks and uh, I'm fine. And the last time I was in New York was the end of February. So um, so I've passed the uh, passed the quarantine time. But I almost feel a little scared. I have to go to the store and get dog
0: food and some fresh vegetables. And don't and worry things, about so. it. Don't worry about it. I tell you, though, you. It is different. We went to the store to get some essentials, and now it's just different. So, three weeks ago, it was pandemonium. We we went post toilet paper, paper towel route, if you want to call it that. You know, when everybody's emptied the shelves, which are still empty, by the way. Uh, now, though, when you go, the meat counter is closed down. The you know, when you go to buy cold cuts, you know, ham or chicken, whatever, that's all closed down. It's all pre-packed, and everybody is very they're keeping their distance and their distance and no one smiles anymore. It's really, so I went on a, a bike ride the other day. I had took an hour at lunch to go on a ride and uh, I still get these looks like I'm not supposed to be doing this. I mean, I'm, I'm alone. Um, I'm moving at 17. I've said this before. I'm moving at 17 miles an hour usually. So I went by, I went into the town next to us of Chatham and I, uh, I went by and an old lady was taking a walk and I wave and I smile. And then she finally smiles as I'm going by. I'm thinking, what's changed? It's a human being waving. <laughs> I, I guess this is going to be the way it's going to be for a while, right? Yeah, I um, well, I, I saw I don't know if we
2: talked about this on a button, which is our Tuesday podcast, which is released every Tuesday morning. But one of our listeners, Billy, um, suggested when we mentioned paper towels that he said one of the secrets he had was to go to auto parts stores, which are still open. So like AutoZone or Pep Boys, if you're on the East Coast. And uh, to get the paper towels there, which are blue, but they're still paper towels, and there's, and you said there's plenty of them, so it's actually a pretty good, pretty good uh, recommendation to. Have. So I was thinking of doing that. There's a couple of Auto AutoZone and Auto Parts stores here. I thought I'd stop in and see if they have the paper towels that they use are, in the are, shop. They're the same thing. They're just blue.
0: Are, are you a heavy paper towel user?
2: Yes. Yeah. Way too much. And no. only maybe because, because of the dogs, of, maybe. It's because of the dogs, and as they're getting older, even today, I went through, and I'm trying to ration the use of paper towels. Trixie is a real slob when she eats, and she's she'll eat some food. She'll drag it around the kitchen, uh, moves her bowl around, so I'm constantly wiping up her, her food. Playtime. It's playtime. Uh, yeah, and, and she's, well, you know, she's half her teeth are gone, so she's you know kind of gumming her food and it's falling out of her mouth. And so she, anyway, she's making a mess, so I'm constantly wiping up after her, so I, I do use a lot of
0: paper towels. Although I'm trying to trying to ration, so.
2: We'll, so I'll let you know about the auto parts thing.
0: Oh, please do actually, and and for everybody, for uh, the boys in the booth, and for you, we're all now consuming a little more TV than I would personally like. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I am i have not gone over the edge quite yet. But last well, well, night,
2: whoa, 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 then you would personally like? Yeah, you, I, you're I a huge um...
0: TV watcher. Well, you watch so, movies that you... Selective, yeah. Okay, all right. So I, I've decided to put a little... We I put a little list together of things that we're going to catch up on. I, first of all, I said to Bob the other day, um, anybody, all, any of us on this uh, on the show right now, the Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway, Chinatown, a, an amazing movie, Oscar winner from years ago. Um, I downloaded that, and I'm planning to watch that one of these nights because Bob doesn't really remember the movie that well, which means he hasn't seen it in a long time. I don't I either. It's a well. It's a really well-done movie and well worth watching. Great acting on everybody's part. So that's on the agenda. Um, thanks to Garrett, actually. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino, Garrett? Yeah. Oh, yeah I want to see that. Garrett had said, like, like you've got to see it. So I that, downloaded that, and I know that the last, based on what Garrett told us a couple shows ago, the last 20 minutes or so is pure, unadulterated Quentin Tarantino, which I'm looking forward to. And then we did the thing that everybody else in the country seems to be doing right now, which is last night we turned on the Tiger King. Oof. <laughs> okay. So, Tim, you watched two episodes. I've watched one. And I'm in your camp. So far, this seems like a pretty normal. The guy's not that crazy. Like, you know, there was an interesting point in, the, in the episode one where he that he makes this point that, well, wait a minute, they're trying to shut my... Um, exotic animal zoo down, and yet they move the animals to a sanctuary and charge people money to see them there. He goes, "What's the difference?" It's a fascinating and don't, pay,
2: and, don't and by the way, they don't pay the people that work the sanctuary either. So that was what I, I learned. Have 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 you guys have you guys watched the Tiger King? Character Steve. I yes, have. I have. Uh, have you watched the whole thing? I watched the entire thing last night. Yeah, so, whoa, 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 whoa. Sure. the entire Ooh.
0: thing last night.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I sat down and really had my time with it. It's, it's, what, I
0: couldn't stop watching it. Really? Because it they get crazier it, and is... crazier? Yeah. I mean, it, not even that it gets crazier. It just stays as crazy as it starts. And it just, like, the nonsense never stops. And all these people are just fucking crazy. Like, they keep introducing new people. And every other person they introduce is also nuts.
2: Wow. See, because I I thought it started a little slow. You know, I thought Honey Boo Boo was a bit more uh, bit more crazy than than the Tiger King. But John did make a good
0: point. A lot of this seems to happen in the South. <laughs> yeah, I sent him a note, and I said, "Start watching Tiger King. Why is all the Why is all this always in the South?" Dot dot dot. Um, I didn't see. We didn't go to episode two yet, but they've interviewed this guy a couple times. Um, first, he's without a shirt on. And sometimes he, they, they show him shooting a gun. But I think there was one thing where they're interviewing him, and I think they identified him as the guy's husband. Yeah. And he's got, like, he's missing a lot of teeth, too. Yeah, I didn't Which, understand the teeth thing. Uh, why do not you get his teeth fixed? Meth. Uh, but meth? Yeah, they said he had, like, meth mouth. Oh, my, oh good my God. Oh, my God. Steve, are you serious? Yeah, that's why that guy has, like, three teeth.
2: Well, John, there's also another husband that arrives, too, by the way. Just so you know. (laughs) Travis. Get ready. You know what? You know
0: what? Yeah. So, hey,
2: you didn't watch The The Stranger? You watched
0: that yet? That's a good binge. That's on our list as well, The Stranger. And um, one of our clients recommended on HBO uh, The Outsider, um, which is a really Stephen King thing, which I'm looking forward to. So we've got these things stacked up. But sometimes I go back to comfort movies like so yesterday we did we didn't know what to watch we didn't want to watch the news cuz I'm reading the news now I'm reading the paper scanning some sites i I, you know and what what am I gonna learn about my situation right now is that we're, we're hunkering down you know I'm not gonna learn anything new about that we do keep in you know obviously abreast of these things so we didn't want to watch the news so I go to Netflix or I think it might have been Amazon Prime and I am so predictable in my default viewing so I'm click, 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 click. I'm looking through, and I see Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, oh, click, away. No. Suddenly, I'm back in a movie I remember quite well. It was last century, actually, folks. It was last century. It was about Save the Whales, basically. It was a Save the Whales movie with Star Trek cast. And, and halfway through, Bob goes, "He and I said, don't you enjoy this? It's kind of like poor a Bob. soothing bong. And, well, he just, yes, poor Bob indeed. He's like, yes, yeah, I put up with it, so... <laughs> do you have two tvs up there or just the one that's the one that's you all you need another need. one you need another tv for bob i got my computer i have a large screen i could sit in do you watch things on that too yeah i okay. specifically watch things he does not want to see for example <laughs> uh, cbs all access had star trek picard which was a limited oh, series I, I i watched an episode with bob and bob goes he starts asking all these questions and I guys, I don't know if you've had this experience before where someone drops into a show that you've been watching. It's a complex plot line and and many characters and they start asking a million questions while the thing is going on. You're like, I don't have time to answer this. You haven't watched. And, uh, but he has actually watched this show, but then he finally confessed to me and he said, I only really half watched it. I kind of dropped out intellectually a while ago, so I really don't know what's going on. (laughs) So I have (laughs) to see the final episode there. You
2: and my friend John Ragini, though, are the two most um, pointed, I guess. I don't know, for lack of a better word, people that i have ever seen watch something. You get zoned in and you just cannot be cannot be knocked off the zone in.
0: Tim, you have never told seen like it. It's almost like having, having a drool, drool cup. cup.
2: <laughs> yeah, you look at you look at it as if you've never seen a moving picture before with sound and you glare at it. And, and Regini was the same way I'd be traveling with him and I would have to crack him on the side of the head and say, let's get moving.
0: You'd on know, TV at your house. Something with John Ruggini, though. I, I He was a cool guy. I liked John a lot. Yeah,
2: he's a cool guy. But both of you, as 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 if the moving picture was something very foreign to you. It, it, it's uh, you get you get lasered right in on it.
0: Captive audience. Captive audience. That's what it is. Captive audience. Hey, uh, yeah, Billy
1: but... from New York is on the line. Whenever you guys want to. Oh, we'll take him.
0: Hey, Billy, welcome to the show.
3: Oh, greetings from the bunker.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Greetings from the... How are you guys doing?
3: Uh, well, I'm still out and about with the Fiero and whatever I can do. But uh, Edwin laid down the law today. You come to the apartment, the shoes stay outside the door. Really? Why yeah. is that? I don't know. I guess it's a new thing. Because uh, the streets are laden with viruses. I don't know. Maybe because we're running now?
1: I think because really? people spit on the f- ground. Yeah,
0: and then you walk on it. Yeah,
3: I I did say I could take off all my clothes and come in. That would make it interesting for the neighborhood.
0: <laughs> there should be like a curtain outside, like a little shower curtain, maybe clear, because that would make it really titillating for the environment, right?
3: Yeah, uh, he is watching this like zombie Asian thing on was a Prime or Netflix. One of them, you know, it's Asians like chewing their faces off. I'm like, really? We got to watch this now.
0: <laughs> Billy, thank you. There are there are TV shows we like. I think it was either Amazon or Netflix popped up something about like it was about it was a uh, a pandemic type movie uh, for your viewing pleasure. I'm like, there's nothing pleasurable about that. Move on, right?
3: I'm still trying to figure out how to see the whole Picard. They say, oh, you can watch it for free. We haven't figured that part out yet.
0: Ah, uh, you can. You got to sign up for CBS All Access. They give you, and there's a gift, there's a code, it's GIFT, G-I-F-T, and they give you a month for free, but make sure you go and cancel it after you sign up for it. You'll still get your free month, and then you can get to uh, Star Trek Picard.
3: Okay, because, you know, not the boohoo you want, Tim, but I do like a little Star Trek now and then.
0: (laughs) Listen, I I
2: I understand. There's a number of people out there. That's why it gets produced.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, hey, a little <laughs> little of that, you know, a couple of viruses, a little Borg action, and here we go.
2: Yeah, you're all set. So get your in. blue
3: get your blue towels at the AutoZone before they're all gone. Yeah,
2: exactly. Well, you, and you're the, you're the one who turned us on to that. So that actually after this broadcast, I'm going there and I'll post on Facebook whether uh, at our Facebook page, Focus Group Radio, whether I got them or not.
3: Yeah, usually they will, or Advance, or any of them will have it. But, you know, you're getting two towels with, like, two rolls is like, usually around six bucks.
0: Wow, okay.
3: Do not that put was them a good down point. the toilet. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Not those. Those are like industrial-strength paper towels. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, I want to check in. I'm still alive. I'm afraid to cough around anyone.
0: I know! I <laughs> know! I (laughs) rubbed my eye the other day, and I'm like, allergies, it's allergies, trust me. (laughs) Thank you, Billy. Stay safe. Later. Hey, that reminds me, Tim, I wanted to let you know on this TV thing, anybody who's a big fan of Project Runway, the original Project Runway with uh, Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum, Making the Cut has premiered on Amazon Prime, and we just had a ball watching it, because it's the two of them, and it was like, oh, they're back. You might enjoy it.
2: Yeah, you sent me that. Was that. Is that uh, similar to Project Runway,
0: just a new name, reboot yep, sort of thing? It's, or... Exactly. It's it's a very similar format, um, except the interesting thing is these are all established designers who do have lines, like small shops and, and businesses already. And this is an opportunity for them to take their brand to a global level because the grand prize is a million bucks. And the other difference is they don't have to do their own sewing. It's good to know that. But early in the episode, they it, it introduced this thing where you send out the clothing to a seamstress, and Bob knew all about this. There's a tech pack. They create a tech pack. It's instructions for the seam tr- seamstress for how to put it together overnight. And then the next day, they come back, and hopefully, their instructions were correct, or the garment doesn't look right. But it's been it's been we've wow. uh, enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I don't like the new reboot of Project Runway, so not, we like not Tim Gunn and uh, and Heidi Klum. So I'll watch that.
0: All right, so what caught your eye beyond all this?: What
1: caught your eye beyond all this?: Here's what Tim and John found.
2: I, um, so it, it's funny that Billy mentioned the clogging of the um, clogging of the toilets.: yeah. Because I, I found this uh, with, with putting toilet paper down there. So apparently during this virus, what's going on now is a lot of people are using other things in the bathroom besides toilet paper and flushing it down the toilet. So there was a sign in Redding, PA, or I'm sorry, Reading, California, which has one of those big blinking signs like a construction, and it says, only flush toilet paper. And um, they've had some troubles with people that are using ripped up T-shirts um, to wipe themselves and flushing them, and it's clogging up the sewer lines. Uh, they've had people that are using tissues and paper towels, and they said that it's re- been a real problem with clogging up the sewer systems in Redding, So he started checking with other uh, jurisdictions of finding out this is actually happening all across the country. And Roto-Rooter, who we we talked about a few weeks ago, has actually had to put out um, some PSA announcements saying, you know, your toilets are not garbage cans, essentially, and and putting flushing rules out there. I always flush paper towels sometimes. Do you ever flush paper towels?
0: No. No, no, no. You know, it might go back to, uh, like, when we bought this house... Well, it was 19 years ago i think they we got a call one day like a year after we bought the house and it was a um a septic company that used to come by every couple of years to to empty the tank the septic tank right right and it was a long standing schedule the guy comes they find the spot they they dig up the grass they they pump the tank he goes you guys are doing great Remember, and on the way out, he's like, remember, only put toilet paper down there. You don't want paper towels or other stuff. He goes, "They don't de- it, it causes problems, doesn't decompose properly. So we never did that. But I guess it's because it's paper, you assume that it would decompose like toilet paper. Is that why? Well, that's what I, I always thought. I always
2: thought, so they said, do not flush toilet paper, do not flush napkins, and do not flush um, facial tissues. So like a Kleenex brand or something. And they said that uh, they don't break down, but I thought that it eventually would break down. I don't know. I guess I'm just being naive, but, uh, cause I have a friend in New York who, you know, too, um, she flushes everything. I've seen her flush toothbrushes, everything down there. She's crazy. But, um, and, but this is saying that you're, you're, um, you're, <laughs> you're laughing. Your toilet is not a, is not a, is not a garbage, not disposal. A garbage disposal. Yeah. And then they talked about it in South Florida and Miami particularly. So, you know, those flushable wipes people do like those ass mm-hmm. wipes. Yeah. So they say they're flushable, but they're saying that they are not. And that Miami removes about 300 tons a month of the flushable uh, wipes out of their sewer system because it's clogged the sewer system. So they want you to put that stuff in a bag in the bathroom. So if you use those flushable wipes now, I don't know why they call them flushable if they're not. Um, so it's like you're in Greece or Turkey where you wipe yourself and put it in a bag, which I don't particularly like.
0: Wait, but go back, know. wait, 300 tons?
2: tons. The, county, the county already removes 300 tons of wipes from the sewer system every month. That has increased exponentially with the coronavirus and people using other forms of wiping material. <laughs> so, I, you know, the one using the T-shirts, ripping up the T-shirts and wiping and flushing it, that, that one now is a bit much. And they said, also in New York, you'll like this, New York City, the owner of Queens-based Johnny Drain Cleaning. And what I love about Johnny Drain, of course, he's located in Flushing. And uh, <laughs> uh, can't make Johnny it up. Drain. He said there's been a run on mm-hmm. people also flushing the disinfectant wipes. So, you know, those Clorox things or those wipes that come in the pullout thing. Yep. He said people have been using those and flushing those. So essentially, if you're a plumber, a rotor rooter your phone has been ringing off the hook because people are uh, using their home uh, toilet facilities more than usual because they're at home and they're flushing non-flushable products. So be careful. Just flush toilet paper.
0: <laughs> that's it. Keep it at that level. Toilet paper. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's So that's what you have to do. So that's what caught my eye. Uh, well, what caught my eye, uh, and by the way, just as an addendum to your thing, in many cities, they deal with things called fatbergs. Have you heard about this in the sewer system? It's grease and fat because people dump food and stuff down the toilets as well. And it just builds and builds and builds and it meets up with hair and, and the wipes and all that. And it creates a huge – they have to take actual saws and blades to these things to get them. I did not even these. think about dumping food. People dump food down the toilet by the sewer system. You know, It's kind of crazy. All right. What? So what caught my eye uh, is something that caught Bob's eye. And th- this pops up now and then with us. And we were watching uh, the TV and we were watching some news and they had an announcement that the uh, the Red Cross and the FDA were making pleas to continue to donate blood uh, during this time of crisis because the the reserves are actually very low. And Bob, being the good soul that is, he says, he goes, hey, we should go donate blood. and And once again, I had to just fall back on something that he might not have been aware of. I said, you can't and neither can I because we're gay and they've never changed those restrictions. And that's that. Well, then the next day, a story comes out and it's, uh, it says why there's new pressure to allow blood donations for gay and bisexual men. The U S food and drug administration has put on an urgent call for blood donors as the spread of the coronavirus threatens the nation's supply. Uh, but obviously gay men are not allowed to do this. And Brad, Hoyleman is a new york's he's a new york state senator and he and he wants the ban lifted because basically he thinks this is Previous century thinking in technology. We have a way to screen the blood We know we can detect hiv in the bloodstream. That person would not be a donor then And he's wondering why the Red Cross and people don't change these these uh, regulations and he said, you know at the end of the day it's just a discriminatory practice that really it's, it's a, it's a practice based on belief and not on science. And I think we're, we're seeing a lot of that colliding these days, aren't we? Um, and then he said, you take it a step further. And what if you have a gay individual, a gay man, for example, who has survived COVID-19, the coronavirus, and now they're doing all these experiments with taking blood plasma from people who have developed the antibody and using it as a possible treatment for people that are, um, further along or having difficulty uh, managing it again an, an individual would be denied that ability to donate blood plasma or blood in general because they're they're gay or, or, or bisexual and you know the the strangest thing here about this whole thing is you know you can do, as a gay man you are allowed to donate blood but do you know the regulation for donating blood as a gay man what the one requirement is no you have to have oh, you're been, supposed to be so celibate for a year or something Ding, 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 ding. Focus group socks to Tim. You're supposed to be celibate for a year. Now, how do you even prove that? (laughs) And let's go a step further. It's no longer a gay male disease. Uh, Non-gay individuals have HIV. It's trans. You know, it's it's no longer just that individual uh, demographic. So what are you going to make a a straight person say, I've been celibate for a year? No, they don't bother asking that because the assumption is that they don't have HIV because they're not gay. And you see how that's, why? Right so I was because you
2: you you so you you started to answer the question that I had about this whole thing is that and this has been going on for quite a while obviously but if you were um when they do take your blood do they check everybody's blood after it's been taken because you're exactly right there's there's a high incidence of of women that have HIV particularly women of color right yep. there's um there are inter, intravenous drug users that that may have had HIV, and we all know that there's a number of people that lie about their their sex yep. uh, and sex life. And how many men do we know that are married? I'll put in quotes, on the down low, that um, don't identify as being either gay or bisexual, but have had sex with men. So that's why I'm wondering: do they just check every? Do they check everybody's blood? I guess that's the question to make sure that you don't have any HIV or anything else for that matter.
0: I don't know. I seem to remember, and I am i could be wrong, so I don't want to misinform anybody, but I do seem to remember that um, years ago it was announced that they were, in fact, checking the blood supply. So right. regardless of who you were, the blood would be screened. And I'm not sure if it was per donor or per every couple of units because they did run into issues where people that were given transfusions um, came down with, for example, HIV because it had, it had been part of the donated blood. But that, I thought, had all gone away a long time ago with rapid testing and um, it, it just with testing in general. So yeah, my guess would be that they would screen all the blood. I, I would. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it would, it, So it was just one of those disappointing things that you want to help, you can't help. And you just scratch your head at why, and the why is, well, it's this, like it's like a, it's like an 18,10 regulation in 2020 kind of thing. You're like,, what's going on? Just another, just another injustice. John, exactly. There you
2: go. Yeah. Yeah. So well, there you go. So that's so that's what caught your eye this week. That was a that's pretty. That's a pretty serious. Eye. That's a serious one.
0: Yeah. I. But here's you have had to run up against the same thing I have. You know, we, we don't want the show to be about you. you everybody's getting enough news about the virus from the daily news sources, and this should be a form of entertainment and, and knowledge and whatever. You can't escape it though. Every yeah. single news feed I look at is something related to this. And and actually, at the, at the news last night, I said to Bob, I said, once everybody pivoted, including the entire media structure, pivoted to this, this is now front and center. And I I don't know if you could live in any part of the country and not know this is going on at this point, or the world, for that matter, right? right. Well, there must be some countries where they're oblivious to it, but I can't figure out which ones yet. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: All right. So we've got our, uh, our business birthday. Everyone does celebrity
1: birthday greetings, but the focus group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays.
2: So sometimes, um, for our business birthdays, we actually will highlight somebody that, um, that also has an interesting career and, uh, for the business birthday. And, this person had popped up. There were a number of kind of captains of industry, but I don't think we've ever celebrated this person's birthday. So Rachel Maddow from uh, from MMSNBC, she's born today, April 1st, 1973. She's 47 today, and uh, it's her birthday. She went to Stanford University, and then uh, she was a Rhodes Scholar and went to Lincoln College. And she, um, when she started out, it was interesting. When she started out, she started on a... Small uh, radio station in Western Massachusetts, and she actually won a contest to be on air. And from there, she moved on to Air America, and then from there, she moved on to MSNBC. She initially was um, a panelist with on the Tucker Show. Can you? I forgot Tucker Carlson was on MSNBC. Do you remember that?
0: I do, I do. And she didn't do the NPR route. So it was, it was um, to. Air America and then to MSNBC, but not NPR, right? No, you're right. She, um, she did not do
2: NPR. She went, um, she went right from Air America from 05 to 2010. And then, uh, she went to, uh, MSNBC, but before then she was in some small, some small station up in, uh, up in Western New York. It was WRNX in 1999 and, uh, it was the Dave and the morning show. And she entered and won a contest and um, she ended up being, you know, being a co-host. And then they moved her on to another uh, platform, WRSI in Northampton, Mass. Surprise, surprise. Uh, For two years before she left for Air America. And um, interesting. It's interesting how she got to MSNBC. Keith Oberman, am I saying it right? He was he was a huge fan of hers and kept trying to convince um, the powers that be at MSNBC that she needed her own show. So she would fill in once in a while for people, and then she ended up getting getting her own show. She also was a correspondent for The Advocate, which is an LGBTQ magazine. I did not know this. Apparently, they had some sort of news
0: magazine show on Logo. Do you remember that? Briefly. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. And it was not long lived, but it was in fact, and an, a show based off the advocate and news collecting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I didn't, I didn't remember that, but they said she had done that. And, uh, so then when she became a, uh, a permanent, she was put in the 9 PM slot and, uh, on MSNBC. And, uh, they said she was the first openly gay or lesbian host of a primetime news program
0: in the United States.
2: And I was wondering, what about Anderson Cooper? Hadn't he been out or no?
0: No, this was in, he. Yeah, <clears throat> he only came out well long after she did. Let's put it that way. I, he I'm, did. I'm, okay, yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't know if he had he had he had before. Her. This was oh eight.
2: Let's then, put it uh, this
0: way. A lot of people in the community knew that he was, but he never made that definitive statement until right. I, I think it was like maybe the late early two thousands or something.
2: Right. She was asked in an interview how she got, um, you know, how she sort of rocket-shipped her way onto, uh, onto the cable news scene. And they said she had a collegial relationship with Roger Ailes of Fox News, which surprised me. And she said she, taught, she sought him out for technical advice, but she won't talk about it because she said, quote, I don't want anybody else to use the advice he gave me. It was a nice thing he did for me, and it's been valuable, and it helped me get an advantage over all of my competitors. I wonder what that was.
0: Hmm. Well, we know the casting couch was not involved, right? Yeah. No, what? <laughs> I just don't see that being something that would happen with Rachel. Um, but I wonder what the advice was, in, but when she said not to follow it, right. Not to use the advice that she, got, well, she does, you know, she has the advice,
2: but she won't share what he told her because uh-huh. she feels it gives her a leg up. But, uh, she, they did say she's America's wonkiest anchor and, uh, facts which, and figures. Which, right. And, um, She said her she thinks her success has been particularly with the president. She doesn't pay attention to what the White House says, but what they do. And then she said her other formula was that she begins every broadcast with a monologue. Some of them, they said, could be 20 minutes long. Now, I've turned in sometimes and I'll turn it off if I'm not interested or it does get into the weeds sometimes quite quick. And um, I don't know if if you uh, if you agree or not. Do you watch her show?
0: No, I don't. And in fact, I stopped a long time ago watching Lawrence O'Donnell, um, Rachel Matthews, you know, if on the really? Fox side, it would be Hannity, it would be all these people. It's not news, it's opinion. And when you actually see a reporter giving an actual news report, like, uh, there's a fire behind, there's four alarm fire behind me and there's three engine companies that responded and two people that were taken to the hospital for smoke inhalation. That's the news. There's no opinion there. That's just facts, right? When right. you watch the ho- when you watch the hosts, it's a lot of spin. Do you, guys in the booth do you agree with this I mean I, they're entertainment more than they are actually news reporters, right
1: Yeah, they're like the op ed of the there you go the op ed it's a perfect
0: example. yeah, I wouldn't watch it for news it's like, it's everything you said. It's just what they're saying about stuff instead of the actual fact
2: Hmm. well i've, I've noticed I've, I've told you my disappointment with Morning Joe now because I feel they've really gone that that route of the of the opinion and and just really it's it's almost frustrating because it's it, they're almost trying to sensationalize everything which which I just think is too bad. Uh, she did a crossword puzzle for the New York Times, her own, like she created one, which I thought was interesting. And uh, she has a partner, and uh, they live together part time in Massachusetts and New York City. Her partner's name is Susan Mikula, M-I-K-U-L-A, and they met in 1999. The other interesting thing is they said Matto has has dealt with cyclical depression since puberty and she decided to talk about it in 2012 because she says she deals with it quite often and she thought it was important for her to talk about it to bring light to it and, uh, and the help that it might help somebody else and she says uh, she felt it was a responsibility to talk about depression i i i found that was a shocker to me i i wouldn't have ever thought she had they call it a cyclical depression, depression. yeah
0: mm. <clears throat> i wonder i wonder if she she probably does maybe medicate for that i'm I'm guessing, or and she's she aware says, of its onset, yeah, and then yeah
2: she says she does three things to help her. She sleeps, she exercises, and she fishes
0: fishing wow well, she's les uh, she is a lesbian that is a very cerebral sport. <laughs> I remember my granddad, my mom's father used to take me fishing, and I think it was to try to teach me to love fishing. I was. I didn't want to sit that long. You know, how long do we have to wait for the fish to grab the I just put it in. Like how how aren't the fish hungry? <laughs> Rachel's fishing where the fish are, no surprise. Happy birthday, Rachel. <laughs> good business birthday and good resume for her, right? Hey, so um uh, a few shows ago we we welcomed a new partner to the focus group. It's uh, called Blinkist. B L I N K I S T. And, uh, blinkist.com is where you want to go to, uh, sign up and, and subscribe to the service. And basically what it is, is they give you access to a ton of books, business, philosophy, career. Um, I'm going to go through a couple of the ones that I picked, but I, I don't mean to, um, to do it this way, but it's kind of like cliff notes for adults. So what it is, is they take the book and they do it, turn it into a blink and a blink usually lasts about 15 or 16 minutes of reading time or of listening to it, because you could download an audio version of that Blink as well. I have uh, really enjoyed the service so far. I am, in fact, reading a book that I bought thanks to Blinkist. And, in fact, the book is called How to Think Like a Roman Emperor. And it's about the Stoic philosophy of Marcus Aurelius. And the author's name is Donald Robertson. So I read the Blink. And I thought this is really fascinating. And I really enjoyed it. It was it was interesting to see because the, the guy that wrote the book is a psychotherapist or a therapist, and he kind of wove the idea of living a philosophy into helping people overcome challenges or deal with emotional issues. Um, and I went online to Amazon to see what the book was like, and it was a five star review. Whatever, so I download. I bought the book, and I'm really enjoying it. My newest. Did you do books, an e? Did
2: you do an e?lo or, or an ebook? book
0: Yes, I did a Kindle. Yeah.
2: So yeah, can can you so that I should know this cuz I've tried but so could you have downloaded it just to your to your iPod, or iPad?
0: Yep. As and long as you long have, have the app. Yeah, yeah, if you, if you have Kindle on your on your um on your iPad, you could just sign in with your Amazon uh, credentials and then go to and it, well you could list your library and you could download the books you want to download. So my new blinks this week were uh, two things and they came from the creativity area. One was called innovation for the fatigued. And it's basically the notion that, you know, the more you sleep, the better you work. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then this other one is also similar, but a different kind of tech. And it was, it's called rest and rest is more about stopping, uh, slowing down the amount we absorb information wise to, uh, to get more clarity, whatever. But, the great thing about it, as I said, is you could just poke around. Like, did you have any new ones this week? Or are you still on your other blinks?
2: Well, I looked at. I, I, I went to the storytelling edge, and I and I, like I listened that. to that. Yeah. and and w- what I love what I love about Blinkist, and uh, is you and I have talked about this before. You and I were inundated with business books, and they Lots. all sometimes sometimes feel to be that they're the same. And but everybody does have a point of view or a different point of differentiation. Obviously, otherwise they probably wouldn't be published. And so really getting to the meat of what's going on in the book to, as you said, then make you decide whether, okay, I'd like to, I'd like to dig deeper into this and see more of the examples or to get further into the, further into the philosophy of why the person wrote the book. That's really what Blinkus is great for. And, um, so that's what I loved about it because I was able to distill right away, oh, here's what they're saying about storytelling and about how everybody could do it. But, you know, that you need to do these three or four things, which, uh. Which made made me think. So I thought it was great. So head over to uh, if you go to Blinkist, b l i n k i s t. dot uh, com slash focus, you get a seven day free trial, and then also twenty five percent off your subscription uh, for the year if you sign up for it. So it's Blinkist, b l i n k i s t. dot com slash focus, and uh, for a free seven day trial and save twenty five percent on a subscription. So hey, thanks for uh, and thanks again to Blinkus for being with us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, John has found a uh, article for Shop Talk that talks about or discusses what some brands are doing currently during the uh, Corona epidemic. So stay with us.
1: You're listening to the Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never
3: try anything. I just do it.
0: Hey, welcome back to the Focus Group. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host, Tim Bennett. You can find us every Wednesday live on Facebook or YouTube. And, of course, focusgroupradio.com is the URL you need to know to find out all about us and all our audio there, including Unbuttoned, our Tuesday audio podcast. And, of course, at the focusgroupradio.com website, focusgroup.com, you can download our show in audio or video of what we're doing right now. So as Tim said before the break, um... Most of you, since we are now pretty much more glued to the TV than we ever had before, and, and all those naysayers, TV's dead, TV's very alive, you, like me, may have noticed um, a really quick pivot by a huge majority of brands. Um, from So the way that would work is uh, many companies probably had uh, media buys, you know, advertising time purchased, radio time, whatever it may be, already locked in. So when the crisis hit, it was time for them to change their creative. I am actually amazed at how fast some brands have redone television spots or created new ones. I'm thinking of McDonald's, Burger King. I hear a lot of things about, you know, order ahead, come to the drive-in window, contactless. Uh, you know, it's a contactless thing. You don't have to touch anybody or we don't have to interact with you. And um, it's amazing how many brands have done this, even auto dealerships. Um, you could drop your car off. Uh, our auto, our mechanics are still there, but we'll sanitize the car once we're done. Da, 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 da. So have you noticed this too, Tim? Yeah,
2: I brought my car to, my car needed a 10,000 service, my VW, and I brought it into the dealer and they made a big point about it. Of Somebody was waiting there in the service aisle so that the, the sale side wasn't open. Yeah. um but they would do the the home home visit but for for parts and service they were open but somebody in um some sort of overall with all kinds of disinfectant went in and wiped my car down unbelievably they serviced the car when it came out again they cleaned it it's the cleanest it's ever been <laughs> it was actually great I loved how they wiped everything because sometimes dust gets on the dash or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so they pivot that. Another friend of mine I talked to last night, she said that she had ordered groceries from Walmart. They delivered. And did,
0: did she go to drive and then they bring it out
2: or did, did so she s- have... Yeah, exactly.
0: So what's happened
2: is she said that they, in the back of the store, they've set up this, and this goes to what you said about pivoting awful quick. They set up eight parking slots in the back of the store. So you had to drive to the... So you went on the app, you ordered what you wanted they confirm your order and then ask you if it's okay for them to track you, and so like your GPS on your phone. And if you say yes, they know when you're you're nearby and you're supposed to alert them. But they can see if you pull into one of the slots. They say which. Uh, let us know what. So you're in parking spot number three. I'm the white car. Somebody comes out with a trolley with all your food on it. You pop the, you know, you pop the hatch or open the door. They put the stuff in, and you go on your way. And it, um, she said it's she said she would be doing it all the time if she could now.
0: Well, you know, uh, and we were going to discuss we, we could talk about what this this article is merely to to leap us into a conversation. And, and Tim just said something that we've been talking about privately whenever we talk to each other every day. And that is that we both believe and I think everybody's written about this, that this is going to permanently change um, consumer behavior in certain areas. I, I suspect that certain things may not ever be like it was before, and this is one of those areas where, it, where you might not have wanted to order your groceries this way, but having done it because of this and having a good ex- positive experience is going to reinforce the behavior. And now, oh, I'm just going to do it all the, online all the time, right?
2: Right. I was talking to my friend Joyce who lives across the street, and I, because I said to her, I like going to the store. And I said, I wonder if you ordered ve- vegetables or fresh produce. And she said, she said I, she'd watch some of these shoppers that were doing it. She said, you know, they actually were taking care to make sure they got you the right bananas or they got you fresh lettuce or whatever. Because I'm thinking, oh, they're just throwing anything in the bag. But she had talked about what she noticed from the giant supermarket when she was there watching the people collect the stuff, that they were actually taking care of doing it. I like going to the store, but I also like going to the mall. So I guess I'm old. And I like to cursive write. right.
0: i'm a dinosaur wow okay that was a constellation of three things lined up in a fun way um i i think that uh you know back to the advertising or people or brands like we saw on some channels norwegian cruise lines advertising some winter getaways and stuff and you just look at it and you're like did no one call to pull the creative? Could they have pulled the creative? <laughs> because let's be real, right? I, I think, I don't know when you will feel comfortable stepping onto a cruise ship again, no matter how clean they make it. Because let's, let's face it, we've all heard the stories in the news about the couple that was going to go on their honeymoon. They were hemmed and hawed, and, I'm, and then they do it, and they're stranded at sea or whatever. And, of course, we knew before the big influx of of uh, infections that the cruise ships had a lot of that going on. So how does that industry recover I think that, um, you know, with groceries, I'm with you. I actually don't mind going shopping. I'd rather choose what I want on, you know, the right. brand wise or if something's on sale, but that's a behavior that's going to change the, um, there is a dairy queen, not too far from us, the DQ, uh, which I always ride by on my bike and I smile because when I was a ke- when we were growing up Tim dairy queen had soft serve and we would, yes. <laughs> well, that drive through window they have is, you know, the line goes around the building and, um, I'm like, wow, you know, and, and that's not unusual. I mean, you'd always see someone getting at the drive-in, but mostly people would park, go in, sit down. So I think it's just going to change things. And so this article basically said five tips from a consumer psychologist on how brands should pivot or respond to the virus. Uh, the first, um, The first tip was just be careful. This makes sense. You want to make sure your messaging is not going to land like a rock and you don't want to be insensitive and you want to make sure that you're saying the right things and doing the right things. The next one was Don't Make It About Yourself. So, um, you know, where it says some brands have put out ads that try to encourage social distancing by re- reimagining their logos. And I think, Tim, you actually did put those in some of the deck. McDonald's, yeah, got things.
2: So the logo thing, there's, there's a McDonald's. They separated the arches and then Audi separated their, uh, their rings and, and Volkswagen separated. But apparently, so the McDonald's in Brazil the affiliate in Brazil did this and people got upset by it. And then Bernie Sanders apparently went nuts over it. I don't know why, um, but they said that they thought it was, I, I guess maybe it was taking advantage of something. I don't know. Or maybe it wasn't. With I wasn't him, sure why
0: about yeah. equal pay. I wasn't sure why he got ramped up over it because they're just having, I think they're just being smart or savvy and they're, they're taking their own logo separating right. it and saying, you know, we're in in the spirit of social distancing. This next point was interesting. Talk is cheap. Take action. And uh, this came right down to this. It says, in the last week, numerous companies are stepping up their philanthropy. Alcohol brands are making hand sanitizers. Ford is partnering with 3M to make respirators. And Unilever just announced it would spend $108 million on soap, sanitizer, bleach, and food for charities. So... This is one of those. This is this is very much in the playbook of many brands already, which is make a difference, take action, and the the halo effect of people knowing that you were there and you stepped up. That's gonna that's gonna well, put you on the
2: right. And talk Go about ahead.
0: brand extension with these alcohol
2: companies. So Anheuser Busch, if you're watching yeah. our video, Anheuser Busch has come out with a number of. Hand, they're they've uh, still making beer, but some of the lines because of the alcohol content uh, ability. They're making hand sanitizer, and they're actually making the bottles very cool. They're kind of these artisanal bottles of hand sanitizer that look like their brand, and then they've done it for Michelob and a few other of their of their brands. But then somebody went further within the ad uh, advertising community and said, "What would some of the other brands look like that uh, if they made bottles?" So Miller Lite or Corona or Bud Light or something. But I I can imagine these these alcohol companies actually. Continuing to make this even when this is over because talk about a whole new business for them, right? Is this hand sanitizer? There's a local uh, Craft beer place here dogfish head out of Delaware. That's actually now making making hand sanitizer as well So if you have the ability to do it, and it does well and as you said, it's it's satisfying a need I'm I I bet a lot of companies continue doing this
0: My guess is you're right. I think that there's gonna be a stickiness to some of those solutions. They have Um, and from a consumer point of view you go to a supermarket and every every Purell is gone, right? But if Anheuser Bush, if you find a sanitizer made by that company, and and you're, it's the only thing you can find, you're going to be like, wow, they were here for me. So right. I agree. I think that's going to have. I think that's going to stick beyond whatever the beyond is. And then the one of the last ones here, no, second to last, uh, penultimate, which means next to last, even though I used to think that meant the ultimate. Oh, boy, you and that <laughs> penultimate again. <laughs> okay, Greg, like I was taken down during a presentation with that word. Uh, put employees out front. Skip the celebrity endorsements. Now, this one does fascinate me because uh, truck drivers, delivery people, the essential workers, right, people that are actually keeping a lot of this stuff moving behind the scenes or right in front of you. Um, I think that's a smart thing. On the celebrity side, I read a fascinating piece in the Times about um influencers and how that whole industry is going to take it on the chin because showing some uh, a guy at a beach with a little bathing suit on and perfect abs talking about, you know, how beautiful it is, or right? I just tried this hair gel or whatever they do, the influencers, it just rings kind of um hollow right now. And it it's it, so those influencers i think brands that associate with them are like okay well you know that's like a great way to sell underwear for example and it's male or female but are we really going to be doing that now because no one's going out anyway you're all stuck at home you know what i mean so yeah and then it just doesn't ring credibly true to have a celebrity pitching your brand right now it just doesn't seem credible last one is highlight your heritage and expertise and i think that in some ways this hooks back to um well you can highlight your heritage and your expertise. You could also use this opportunity to create a heritage, like what Tim was using as the example of a Anheuser, was it ANBEV? Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch. You know, if you use them as an example, their heritage is beer, right? But if they do this successful hand sanitizer thing, they're creating a new heritage and they're filling a gap. But older brands or brands that have been a while for a long that you rely on, if they just Continue with that messaging; it's going to be better for the brand, and the consumer is reassured that the brand is still there doing what they've done historically.
2: Right, and as a lot of those brands have people perceived to have gotten stodgy as as times have changed, um, there's really a harkening back to trust and leadership, and um, yeah. people want to people want to feel that. So some of those old brands, they they mentioned Ford or General Motors if they're making the ventilators, similar to what they did in World War II when those when their auto factories became uh, defense manufacturers for tanks and Jeeps and all those sort of stuff. So it uh, it's interesting. We've talked about Faith Popcorn before, who is a, a futurist. And she predicted this 25 years ago. I'm not sure she predicted the whole mm. pandemic, but something very similar to this about the kind of the cocooning or the um, lack of socialization of people. I I think it's somewhat sad. No, I don't think it's somewhat sad. It's sad. I think it's kind of sad.
0: Well, I'll just say, to wrap this one up, uh, Tim has talked a great deal with me about something that we've actually both talked about, and that's uh, what's going to happen with higher education when all this is done. Yeah. And t- and Tim, you've been following this a little more closely than me because you are a very, very big uh, fan of your school. You're, you've you been very active on the alumni side. Um I've experienced distance learning. I did a two-year, you know, I've talked about this on the show before. I did a two-year program in character animation. It was all distance learning. It was Google Hangouts, the whole bit. Right. It took a little getting used to the fact that I couldn't actually talk to a student or a, a, someone in my class unless I arranged it because it was like a call. They might be in Spain or wherever the, they are in the world. But I did get a great education. So while the tool seemed a little unusual to me, and I would much prefer to have been in an actual physical place, um, it does work, and so now you open up this Pandora's box of all this technology, allowing people to connect to universities without the seventy thousand dollars a year tuition. What you know that's like a Ivy League level. But I I think this is going to be a permanent change. And you said you saw some evidence of this happening already. Well, they're
2: talking about how there's this call or an outcry for um, universities, larger universities in particular. Like, do you need? these large athletic teams and sports teams. And do you need these big dorm Taj Mahal dorms and all this sort of stuff? Whereas you can, can get the learning done as we're doing the show right now, right? We're not Mm -hmm. in New York city in the studio. It is different. It's something to get used to. We don't, we're not physically with each other and can interact. So that, um, that I think is different And all what happens before or after a show is different. Right. But it's the same thing with education. I don't, I think the biggest challenge a lot of schools are going to have, um, particularly smaller schools that have have, that rely on enrollment is right now is when kids try to make their decisions to go to school and everything is in such upheaval now what if you were i don't know if we could put ourselves in the shoes of somebody but if you were trying to make a decision now as to what school are you going back to i can't go look at the campus i can't go how do you make your decision
0: i don't i don't know Well, uh, for a lot of graduating seniors, many of them had already done their campus visits a while ago, right? But if you're a, well, I know that my niece did in California and she uh, did hers in
2: the winter, right?
0: She'd done them in the winter. Yeah, Yeah. she did. Yeah, exactly. And so that's off the table. She knows where she's going. And, you know, I have to believe that by September or late August, there's going to be a significant, you know, return to whatever that is. It's not the, the new normal let's call it that but it's going to definitely involve people being together in some form right but i think if you're on the other end of the curve where you were still making up your mind or you're now approaching that um you know, that decision you're right how do you do it you can't do a tour you could do a virtual tour but you're going to yeah. virtually tour a place that you might not be able to get to so yeah i that's just one of many industries you and i have talked about that is definitely going to be Transform. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt that on the other end of this, there's going to be some pretty big shifts in terms of education, technology. Like we're all relying, I mean, let's just hope the internet doesn't come crashing down. <laughs> I th- I but I thought about this the other day. My, my laptop was doing something funny. The fans were spinning up. It was getting hot and I knew how to fix it, but I thought pre-coronavirus, I wouldn't, even, <laughs> I, I wouldn't hesitate to go to an Apple store if there was something wrong and go to the Genius Bar. They're all closed. So we're relying on a lot of things to not break down and cross your fingers. It's all doing okay. But if it starts and we're not out of this, well, anyway, it's just going to change a lot.
2: When you you told me that the Apple Store was closed yesterday, I was kind of surprised by that because I would figure that Apple or Microsoft or any of these Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, whatever, uh, for
0: technology, for mobile phones or for computers, I would think that would be essential. Tim Cook made that decision prior to a lot of states dis- determining what was essential and what was not essential. And the interesting thing is the day he decided to close all of Apple stores worldwide, he opened or reopened a select number in China. And I found that fascinating mm-hmm. because he opened them because the virus was on the downward side there and they wanted to get store traffic moving again and bring some normalcy there so i thought at the time when he did this which was about two weeks or a week and a half ahead of when everybody really started shutting down um i thought i wonder what data he's looking at because you know they have a presence all over the globe and he just knew right. that that we're in for it china's on the back end of it but i i see your point it is essential in many ways we we are all relying on these these you know Boxes and chips, <laughs> and well, Verizon mine, in particular. her phone right? died.
2: Her phone died yesterday.
0: Because she needs
2: her phone for work. A friend of mine's phone. Yep, she said it just crapped out. And it would be similar to like you said with your computer. You may have another one backup or something, but if you didn't, I um, mean, you need it for business. I mean, I think it's essential for everybody. It's essential. But
0: well, for for our business, Tim, in case something happens with yours or mine, you're going to be ordering a new one because you can't mine's get the your old one, old one. repaired. Mine's my old, Yeah, it is my own. It's it my year-old one. It is. My, yes, it's, it is. It's the one without perfect. the dent. It's perfect for me. Oh, it, <laughs> oh, doesn't have a dent. Bob has that one now. That works great. Bob's very happy with that. Um, but yeah, if something <laughs> happens to yours, um, you can't go to the store. So I'm just gonna tell. You'll call me up and say, John, something's wrong. I'll be like, go Why can't I go to the store? And... Is it at? Is it at a, Is it at a thing? At a?
2: It's not uh, up to date. They're closed. All the stores are closed. Oh, I thought. I thought maybe my thing couldn't be fixed anyone. no no
0: until they open again you can't talk to a genius you can't have things handled that way unless someone knows about a different method maybe you contact them or i even bother to check the site for apple about service but yeah i would wow. think that if something goes wrong you might just have to buy a new one and you know then rehab the old one and you have two or something Jeez,
2: well hey listen thanks for joining us today be sure well, to thank you. uh yes Yes, thanks to Steve. Thanks to Garrett for bringing us uh, to you. I'm, I'm, as John mentioned, in the nation's summer capital down in Rehoboth. John, you didn't mention, you know, I didn't shave. I, I was thinking I'm not going to shave until this is all over. I we'll
0: saw see. the, before I got put into, I I'm, I'm, i can't see what's going on on the yeah. Tim side, but yeah, I saw the mustache. I've seen I'm you not shave before, I'm surprised the mustache is kind of dark, though. The mustache is
2: coming in kind of dark, which I'm surprised about. Anyway, so <laughs> so thank you, John, in, 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 in upstate New York. Um, and thanks to uh, Blinkist. If you go to Blinkist.com focus, you get a seven day free trial plus 25% off a subscription. We highly recommend it as one of our favorite uh, favorite services right now, particularly if you wanna read some nonfiction and business books, get the lowdown on them and then decide if you wanna purchase. We hope uh, everyone continues to stay in stay safe and uh, stop the spread. But I'm gonna go out to go get groceries, John. So. But I'll, I'll be sure to not text and drive So wash your hands, wash your hands and wash my hands. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you on our podcast on Tuesday called Unbuttoned. And then back here again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. East. Take care. It's the Focus Group with
1: Tim Bennett and John Nash, accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.